you know, I think for our radio audience, because when this is on uh, iTunes and all that shit, I think we should need these from now on. So I'm going to start doing it now. This is a quote from Frederick Bastiat, one of my favorite authors of all time in the uh, in the Liberty lexicon. He says, life, faculty, production, individuality, property. This is man. And in spite of the cunning of artful, or artful political leaders, these three gifts from God precede all human legislation and are superior to it. And with that, welcome to Aquarian Anarchy. I am Chad. You see Marcus and Nico at the bottom of the screen. And with us, you see our special guest, the one and only, uh, let's see, the, the conservatarian, uh, Hotep Mordecai. Um, he is now a black supremacist. Yes. I don't know, oh, the uh, Carlton. Um, you name it, it's <laughs> Jeff Charles, the King of Carlton's. That's right. God damn. I, thank you for correcting me, Jeff. Welcome <laughs> to the show, my friend. It is great to have you on. I can't wait to, uh, to get into what we're going to get into tonight. How you been, man? Doing well, man. We've been trying to set this up for a while. So um, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. 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 I'm glad. I'm glad too. I'm, I'm pumped. I, I, uh, we have, we've had a, an eventful, uh, couple of days on the, on the timeline. And so <laughs> I just want to kick this thing off. Right. Why not? And I'm going to I'm going to test this thing for the masses before you. I have a letter. So, so let me let me break. Let me uh, bring everybody in. So who, who doesn't know and who hasn't been paying attention to the timeline? What went on this week? So uh, a few days back, Kwame Brown started uh, started going off on uh, Matt Barnes and uh, the the uh, oh shit, what is it, all the smoke podcast and everything. And. He has he has become yeah he has he has become a a trending firestorm of lightning rods. What's that? The number one search. (laughs) That's that's right. That's right. So um, as a result, this weekend on her show, Sunny's Corner, Sunny Johnson on Sirius XM 125. I'll give her a plug. Um, Speaking of plugs, like and share this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe. Motherfucker, I forgot. Um, And go to our Patreon and do that, too. Um, give a guy a week off. On. What's that? I know. Give me a week off, and I fuck everything <laughs> up. I fuck everything up every week, anyway. So what the hell else is new? So um, anyway, go to the Patreon, become a patron. Um, shout out to all our patrons. You you guys are awesome, and uh, and you can you can join there. Get at the five dollar level, you get to uh, be in the Anarch chat where uh, we we throw down the gems in Telegram, and then also you can go to the Teespring store and get uh, merchandise like this beautiful shirt that I have with the. Uh, company logo on it anyway back to uh sunny's show this weekend so she was talking about kwame brown and listening to black men and how there's a tendency for black men to be stereotyped into i'm going to get into the stereotypes and what they are and and what they aren't what they shouldn't be and um she went into that stuff and so then i just she she said something that really hit me I was listening to it uh, Tuesday morning. I just went ahead and tweeted it out and attributed the quote to her. Well, she liked that, so she retweeted it. I have had nonstop white conservatives in my mentions, <laughs> but hurt as hell about some stuff I did not directly say to them. It's like if if it if it does not apply, you need not reply. <laughs> so why the fuck are you here? If you're not racist, I'm not talking to you. Anyway, so yeah, I always say if it doesn't apply, then don't cry. Yeah, there right. you go. That too. Sure. That too. But 
hit dog's going to holler. So with that, I will go into my letter to white conservatives. Dear white conservatives, I love you. You are my family. You are my friends. You are the people I work with. We went to elementary and high school together. We hung out and worked on projects together in college. You love America. You believe in freedom. You recognize that evil people in the highest levels of government, media, and corporate America are steering our conversations and consciousness in a way that divides us and makes us more susceptible to exploitation. I agree with you on all these points, but you need to hear this. The only dupes of this divide and conquer tactic are not just your enemies. You too are a victim of false narratives used to mischaracterize potential allies you could have in circles other than your own. You are missing opportunities to connect because you are busy scoring points in an echo chamber. It's human nature and propagandists are more than happy to feed that tendency with fodder for more and more division. When the media depicts black people, especially black men, as either drug addicts, drug dealers, thugs, gang members, deadbeats, criminals, or professional athletes and entertainers, it can be easy to dismiss them as potential allies due to these stereotypes. And when the political discourse is reduced to talking points like slaves on a Democrat plantation or the crime rate in Chicago or back the blue versus defund the police, instead of leaning into the commonality of fathers who want to be good dads, leaders in their communities, and build generational wealth for their offspring, just like their white male counterparts, a huge opportunity is lost. Liberty-based and conservative policy solutions like deregulation, especially in local small business arenas, reduction or elimination of taxation and licensing fees, and promotion of the free market should be the focus of any outreach to any community. Somehow, when attempts are made to reach out to the black community, the GOP and conservative pundits at large tend to focus on blaming Democrats for slavery, blaming Democrats for the KKK, and blaming Democrats for oppressive socialist policies. While these talking points may be true, they have gotten old because they do not strike at the root of the problem. Attractive alternatives are not effectively offered. If they were, you would witness a political force to be reckoned with a group of conservative and liberty-minded individuals doing everything they can to build in spite of the obstacles that, uh, wait, a group of conservative and liberty-minded individuals doing everything they can to build in spite of the obstacles, they would embrace this alternative. Instead, appeals are made to stereotypes in order to score political points, missing the fact that these potential allies are watching and the messaging not only turns them off, but infuriates them, pushing many of them to vow to never ally themselves with people who would use such language. I tell you this with love and compassion and out of a desire to see the world we envision where men, women, and children are free to exercise their God-given rights without force, fraud, or coercion, preventing them from peaceably interacting with one another. See the free man who is very much like you and embrace him as an ally and direct your energy and your opposition at the authoritarians, the media, and the corrupt corporations that seek to ex exploit us all. And don't fall for their gimmicks that divide us with stereotypes and diversionary scapegoats. Keep your powder dry for the real enemies. That's it. That's Amen. It. Like it, brother. You know, there, there are two points that you made <clears throat> that really stuck out to me in that letter. Uh, the first is when you were talking about how a lot of conservatives perceive their opposition, not just black 
or white as being indoctrinated or as being, um, you know, or for lack of a better term, brainwashed. But they don't understand that on the right, we're we're indoctrinated too. We've all been indoctrinated to cert to a certain extent. At, on some level, all of us have experienced indoctrination that is the result, especially especially nowadays, that is the result of being in an echo chamber where you're not really having conversations with people who disagree with you. Now, you might know their arguments because you see their media and you see their politicians and what they say, but a lot of us don't get the opportunity to, to sit down and have rational conversations, which by the way, is why when we do see it, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like I was on Fox Soul a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about Biden's American Families Plan. It was mm -hmm. me and another black conservative and two uh, uh, black left-leaning people. One was an independent. Right. We have the most rational civil conversation and we disagree <laughs> sharply on that issue. We disagree sharply, right. but we had the coolest conversation. It was so good that we all exchanged information afterwards and, and mm -hmm. we'll, we want to keep the dialogue going. But I think that's what happens when we have this level of indoctrination. And you know me, I'm, I'm going to blame the media because I think the media is the main mm -hmm. culprit here. Mm -hmm. But I thought that that point was very um, astute because a lot of people don't realize, especially on the right, they think that because people on the left have been indoctrinated that they somehow haven't. Well, right. the reason that they believe a lot of these stereotypes is because of a, of a, of a type of indoctrination. Right. The second thing that I liked about what you said is because it kind of echoed something that I was talking about on my live stream last night. You talked about bringing actual conservative solutions to a problem, you know, dealing with regulations mm -hmm. for small business mm -hmm. owners, making it easy for entrepreneurs to grow and start their businesses. Mm -hmm. If we were to do that, we would have a much better result rather than just talking about homicide statistics in Chicago. And those are the two two main points that those are two issues that are causing this divide and driving the black community and a lot of other people to the Democrats. No, it's it's you basically you, you have um, on the one hand, on the on one side, it's you have defund the police. And on the other hand, you have Chicago. <laughs> and then both people feel like all right, it, it's like it's it's like the the uh, the intellectual equivalent of voting. It's like, look, I stood in line, I pushed a button, I'm done until four years from now. Right. Like, like I said, Chicago, shut up. Like, we this conversation's over. Fix Chicago, or we can't talk. It's like, I can't Why? fix Chicago. Nico maybe can. Nico lives in Chicago. I'm fucking with him. I was like, damn. Put oh, wow. blast. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, no, it's, it's it becomes this like high five, this BS high five contest where yeah, sure. it's not even really talking. Yeah. I would like and, to point out that like what you just said, Chad, about like helping Chicago and like all of that. And it ties back into Jeff's is that media. The media plays a huge part in like twisting our views and what it is. I actually live in a nice little pocket of Chicago where you can just hear enough gunshots, but not enough to be in your neighborhood. <laughs> so, it's not it's not uh, terrible over here. I, I live with a block of like a whole bunch of neighbors my people grew up with. My granny's been in this spot for like 40 plus years. So it's not bad, but there are certain places that need to be focused on, but the media just makes it seem so terrible. Like we mm -hmm. have a nickname called Chirac. It's Chicago mixed with right. Iraq. That's yeah. terrible. That's a terrible analogy and right. something that you would like want to display. So I most definitely uh, 
give my hats off to the media for really uh, tricking and bamboozling uh, like a lot of people because mm-hmm. that's they have no choice but to believe in what's just given to them and the experiences. Mm-hmm. So, well, they've, they've sure. dehumanized Iraqis enough. Why not just uh, make it start start the path to de- dehumanizing people from Chicago? You know, call it Chirac. Sure. Next thing you know, they're not even people. Those are just you know animals. You know, killing each other, and we don't even have to bother with caring about them. Yeah. yeah, sure. I want to uh, touch on a couple things. Uh, first of all, to the the point about um, you know going to one side or the other and and kind of addressing kind of some of the stuff both of you, uh, both above, <laughs> said is um, that that it plays into that narrative the media likes to portray. It keeps us into those those echo chambers when they throw out, you know, you got if you're if you're not you know, this side, then you're that side. It, it's the, the argument of, are you for Hitler or are you for Chairman Mao? Which one do you choose? And if you go, wait a minute, I, I like Mason or, or, or I like George Washington or, right. or something like that. No, no. Are you with Hitler or with you or with Chairman Mao? It allows them to divide us into two awful choices, which is what they do with with that, but I also want to bring into the discussion as well that anarchists are uh, as um, indoctrinated. I cannot tell you how many people have said, "Wait a minute, you talk to an awful lot of conservatives. Are you a conservative?" And the answer to that is no. I'm I'm an anarch. I don't believe in either side. But the reason that we talk to conservatives like Jeff is because they want to talk to us. Shouldn't shouldn't we shouldn't we build alliances? And if you're going to convince somebody that you're right, shouldn't you you be like, okay, let me listen to what your complaints are and find commonality. Mm -hmm. But anarchists don't like to do that a lot. We like to say we're we know everything, and to hell with everybody else. I want to make it clear: some Democrat wants to come on our platform Mm -hmm. and talk about freedom. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Well, we've had. So if you think about it, like we've had, uh, would you say, um, uh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Desiree Lindsay is a uh, very is, left. is more more left. left. Yeah, 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 left libertarian. So we've had Desiree Lindsay. We've had Marcus Ruiz Evans, who's a like left Democrat, left left um, left left Democrat. But he's yeah. trying to secede Californians who were like, awesome. That's what. <laughs> that's what. No. So, so, but that is the appeal. So like he he wouldn't even be mad that you laughed because. Like the, the, he would, the he would invite is, you to his they're, conference. They're, yeah, he'd invite you to his conference. Like, look, see, like conservatives want us to leave too. Um, so, <laughs> so, that so, is a great uh, argument. Yeah, no, well, and it's the same thing with like Texas wanting to secede or whatever. I'd never understand. I'm like, let me get this straight. Let me understand. So you hate these people. You think they're on the one. You know, if it's Texas, they think you're all racist. Um, because Jeff lives in Austin, so I'm saying that because yep. Jeff has to be a, a white racist now because he lives in Texas. Um, right. That's the stereotype. Um, or in California, you're, uh, you know, as uh, was it uh, artsy fartsies and fruitcakes or something like that is what uh, Frank Barone yeah. used to call them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm from California, so I know. Oh, both see, you're both like, oh my God. But he lives in Austin, so he's still a lefty. That's how, that's Pretty how much, this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to be a socialist uh, right, right here. Right, right. But, uh, but no, so so the, the, the thing I don't understand is it's like, I can't stand these people. I can't believe, I can't believe people from Texas even exist. No, you can't leave. Why would you want to leave? You, you know, it's like, why do you want them here? 
Like if somebody you you couldn't stand was in your house and they were like begging to leave, would you lock the door and not let them leave? No, you would <laughs> it's because they want to turn Texas. It's because they want to turn Texas into their into California. Yeah, so, right. yeah so that's why they don't want us to leave. They want to, right. to take us over and then make us right. and, right. and remake us exactly. in their image. Yeah. Well, and the same thing with California. You know, you have some people who are. Although I don't know, I think, and that's the one thing we're like again to Marcus's point. Like I think, the, at least with the conservatives, we've had a better chance of like getting people who are like, yeah, it's cool. With the exception of like Desiree, Marcus Ruiz Evans. And then Scott Creighton, who identifies as being more on the left, more of like a traditional old school uh, Democrat. Um, but everybody else has been more conservative. And it's been mostly because um, we're not we don't like talk on our on Twitter or anything else or even on this show as conservatives or anything like that. It's just that more of the conservatives have said, like, yeah, like we kind of we get down with this whole liberty thing, like live and let live and. We're not going to bother you. You don't bother us and, you know, remove these regulations. The The whole idea of like limited government is you have to get rid of the Marco Rubio's and the Lindsey Graham's of the world and actually limit the government a little bit instead of continuing to grow it massively every time you get the keys of uh, to, the, to the car, because that's what they do. You, you know, I think it makes sense. I mean, because if between people on the left and people on the right, People on the right do have more areas of commonality in general, from what I've seen, mm -hmm. with a libertarian or a minarchist mm -hmm. or an anarchist. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, we, for a lot of conservatives who are actual conservatives and not just, you know, people pretending to be conservatives, I, I think that they have more in line with what you believe. I mean, you believe in freedom. We believe in freedom. I think the difference to me is that, you know, conservatives are okay with a certain level of government. But they do want to limit it as much as possible. But again, like you said, we've got the Mark, Marco Rubios, we've got the, the Lindsey Grahams, and that's where a lot of our frustration comes from when, mm -hmm. when we're talking about the establishment, because a lot of the establishment are not really uh, conservatives; they're more moderates to right-leaning Democrats. Like that's where I put them, and I think that people like who are actual conservatives, but maybe are okay with a certain level of government, they're going to have a lot more in common with you than, than mm -hmm. I would think with Lindsey Graham or Marco Rubio. Right, right, for sure. Can we go back to your statement on saying that California is trying to turn Texas into California? I mean, I'm ignorant to like that area over mm -hmm. there. So could you like break down and go into like a little bit more in depth? Yeah, so I've been here in Texas for about uh, nine years. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm born and raised in California. The only other state I've ever lived in was uh, Virginia for about five minutes. But um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that the Democrats in general, they are making inroads in Texas and they've been trying to do this for a long time. And just like how they managed to flip Georgia, at least to a certain extent, they haven't completely flipped Georgia. That took them about nine to 10 years to actually mm -hmm. get done. They're playing the long game and they're doing it here in Texas. And there was a reason why I, I almost had to call Beto or work my, my senator because he, Cruz barely beat him. Mm -hmm. and they are making inroads at the local level um, mm -hmm. and, and at the state level. And they're still losing, by the way. They're still taking L's here in Texas. But every time they're taking L's, they're making a little bit more progress. So mm -hmm. they want to turn Texas back into a blue state because it did mm -hmm. used to be a blue state. And, you know, I'm hoping that the Texas GOP is taking it seriously. In some ways, it seems like they are, um, especially in Travis County, where I'm at. It seems like they're serious about being very active in Austin, even though Austin is a blue city. They're still fighting. 
mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how it's going in other areas of Texas. So I, mm-hmm. a lot of people are predicting that it will turn blue, and I think that's very possible. But I do think that there are some who are pushing back, and and who knows? It might it might even turn purple. We don't know. But yeah. but what I will say is that the Democrats are doing what Republicans are afraid to do. They're going into uncharted territory. They're making inroads, and people on the right don't understand this. They think, oh, it's because the demographics changing. It's because of you know more immigrants are coming. Nah, dude. Because if you want to say that you know mm-hmm. the immigrants just voting willy nilly when they're not supposed to, that's not happening. It happens to to a very small extent. They are changing minds, mm-hmm. and if, the sooner we realize that, the sooner we start taking that seriously, the better off we'll be because we've already seen this happening in other states. So, th- so that's what I mean when I say that Democrats are trying to turn Texas into California. They they, they, uh-huh. they they tried to do that with Austin, right? Austin has a huge homeless problem because they removed the homeless camping ban, which by the way, we just voted to put that back in place. So, mm-hmm. so we're fighting it tooth and nail, but it's just a matter of who's gonna fight this battle harder. Mm. So we had a question that came up. Where does Jeff stand on Texas secession? I think we kind of touched on that, but uh, let's let's get the uh, feet to the fire. Like, where are you? Uh, are you down with that? You down to rumble? You know, I, I don't know that much about the issue. I'm leaning towards no because I know it would probably cause a war, and I'm not down with war, especially in a state that I live in <laughs> and my kids live in. So, yeah. so um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'd, I'd be for that. Okay. I have a, a couple of questions. First of all, I want to dive into that because um, what Mar- uh, what Marcus is calling for is peaceful secession, just kind of like what uh, Britain did with Brexit away from the EU. And um, where, where I my understanding of and, and to be clear, my background is I did come from conservative background and and realize that I wasn't. I have a very long story. Long story short, I understand a lot of the arguments, but um, most conservatives do try to base themselves in an understanding of the Constitution and an understanding of history. And most of them have read things like the Federalist Papers. They may not have read the Anti-Federalist Papers, but they've usually read the Federalist Papers. And the um, those people should, I would assume, understand that this government that we currently have is atrocious as it currently is, was initially much weaker than it is now, even under the constitution. And that the idea was that the states had the, um, the power. And if a state wanted to secede, they could because the ultimate power would fall to the state. And it was just a coming together slightly more, um, strong of bond than the Articles of Confederation had before, but still a loose bond together. How does that stack up with your conservative values saying that you would say that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good to do? Well, so me, I mean, I believe Texas does have the, any state has the right to secede. I'm not arguing with that at all. Okay. I'm just looking at what's realistically what's going to happen if they do. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, because we saw what happened in the civil war, a bunch of states were seceding, and mm-hmm. it ended up in war. Now, if there was a way to do it peacefully, that might be able to. I might be able to get on board with something like that. But I, I just the way I see the country mm-hmm. and the way I see our government, it ain't gonna happen without bloodshed. And which is sure. tragic, but it, that I think that's the case. But I mean, if, if any state wanted to secede, I do believe it is their right to secede. Yeah. 
Okay. That, that so so you're 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 uh, consistent, the, but you understand that the government wouldn't be is what I exactly. take from that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, I, there was another point that I was going to make, but I, I don't remember what it was. I, I want to, and this is something that that I pretty much dove into everybody about. I'm just curious, what brought you to the freedom movement? What is your story? Where, how did you wind up, Jeff, on the right? You know, so I have been into politics for since starting in my starting in my early twenties, uh, late teens. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is when uh, George W. was was in office. So it was basically after he got into office that I started getting into it, especially after 9-11. That really sparked a lot of interest on my part. And I was more on the left because it was a cool thing to hate George W. Bush and with all the, you know, and, and the wars and stuff like that, even though there were some things that I agreed with him on uh, back then, at least. Um, and, you know, I just felt that, you know, the, the more of the left is is more concerned with the issues that people face, even though my values were never really far to the left. Like, say, if I if I were to to if I hadn't changed, then today I'd probably be more like your your blue dog Democrat or or my mm -hmm. or, or a right leaning sure. Democrat. Um, but you know, I'd say in in my mid to the late twenties. I realized I, I, I just kind of got sick of some things. Like I got sick of them calling everybody racist because they were doing that even back then. This isn't new. Yeah. I got tired of them calling everybody racist. I got tired of them implying that my skin color and my culture would prevent me from doing what I wanted to do, even though I still believe that racism has an impact. I I never went sure. full you know full black conservative ink. That was never that was never me. Mm -hmm. But I just realized you know and I you know I'm. I'm I'm against abortion on principle. And I found that they weren't just about pro-choice. They actually wanted to promote abortion and they still do. Um, mm -hmm. And so there, there were just certain foundational issues that where I just felt like I didn't belong. And I didn't really understand what evolution I was going through. But later on, I got a job where I was driving a lot. So I was listening to, to talk radio. So mm -hmm. I would hear like like Dennis Prager. Like I go easy on Dennis Prager, even though I, I think the man has kind of lost his mind nowadays. But <laughs> Back then, I, I thought I felt like he was on point. He would make a lot of points, even when I would disagree with him. And I found myself arguing with the radio. I, <laughs> I, liked, his, I liked his manner. I, yeah. I like I the way he conducted himself. He didn't do a lot of yelling. He didn't do a lot of ad hominems. He didn't do a lot of name calling. He let mm -hmm. his guests talk. And he talked about other subjects like happiness and, and things like that. And, you know, and, and uh, male and female relationships and stuff like that. So I really appreciated what he had to say. And there were some other hosts that I listened to as well. But it just got to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I, I think I line up more with the Republicans, even though they have their issues, than I do with, with the Democrats. I think I'm more of a conservative. And that happened probably in my late 20s, especially when it came to like foreign policy and things like that. Uh, back then, I was probably more a neocon, way more neoconish than I would be right now. Um, I was for the war in Afghanistan. I was hesitantly for the war in Iraq, but after a while, I was like, no, nah, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, then I would say as the years went on, I started getting more libertarian than conservative in, in some in some ways. I still can. I still refer to myself as a conservative just because it's easier. But in reality, I'm more of a, cons of a conservatarian and I have a lot of libertarian leanings. And honestly, I, I make a joke, but it's true. I find myself becoming more libertarian every day, especially when I see what the Republican Party is doing and how they're not really 
conservative the way they pretend to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, my views have evolved, like on drugs, I used to be against legalizing them. Now I'm leaning more towards let's decriminalize them, let's even make them legal because I don't see the point in the government punishing somebody for, for drugs. And, and, you know, I, ch I changed my mind on the, on the death penalty, but I oppose the death penalty for more conservative reasons rather than left-leaning reasons. And I, I think just my, my political evolution has just really been gradual in a lot of ways. But as I've been hearing more and more people talking and when I've been reading more, and really when I just started examining things more, I just realized that certain things make sense and certain things don't. So that, that's kind of how I made my journey over to where I stand politically today. Nice. I don't know exactly what defiantly trill is is referring to, but it's somewhere in there when you were talking about leaning more and more libertarian each day. The the the, 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 the post is good in a Palpatine voice. Oh, an Palpatine voice. Well, what is for freedom? It is making oh. more anarchist and more powerful. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll have to clip that shit. I wanted to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get him to do it again because I, I I kept cutting him off by accident. I was I, I thought he was done and he kept going. I was like, oh shit, yeah. man, I'm stepping no, on. I think being me and finally, I think we're on the same page here. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So I wanted to dig in a little bit more on the death penalty thing because so like my my opposition to the death penalty is it's a very it's a very final thing, right? Like you know, killing someone. It's that's it. And when we've seen how many different cases they've had where they've had people on death row for years, for decades, um, people in prison for decades, and then they find new DNA evidence that completely exonerates them because it's, it's clear that someone else did it. And that's, that's like at the very core, like even if you could completely prove that someone had done whatever the thing is that they, uh, if you knew beyond a hundred percent, not even a shadow of a doubt, but like there is no, it's a hundred percent. That's who did it. I still have an issue with the the death penalty in, in terms of my, so like my Catholic upbringing and I go back to like the catechism and like what, what the, the teaching there is that is this is, unless there's an imminent threat, that this person's going to like break out of prison and they're going to go murder people some more or something like that. And you know, they're, they're continuing to kill people or something. You, you have a, a responsibility to try to help that soul to find, find redemption, to find a way to, uh, and I'm not saying like from a legal standpoint, but I just like when I, when I rest back on that, yeah. I, I, I have a, yeah, I have a real hard time. And so like when I think about how final death is that as a punishment for something, number one, it does nothing to restore the victim. Right. And number two, it's, it get, it offers no path to redemption for that person. And number three, even if they stay in prison for the rest of their lives, and and become like there's a uh, there's a guy I can't remember his name, but he write he's been writing this newspaper from the uh, from Angola for like decades. Um, I mean he's a brutal murderer, but didn't you know didn't get the death penalty, and so he's been uh, he reformed his life, but he's never leaving prison, and uh, and that's what he's done. But he's he's actually turned his life over to doing something something like that that's productive. But then the the final thing is that what if you're wrong? What if it's <laughs> What if it's the, what if you got the wrong guy or girl? You know, like it's just a really, really. 
um, final thing to do to someone, especially if you're wrong. Damn, it's that'd be fucked up to find out. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I'm some of these people who they find out after the fact that they put somebody to death and the, the evidence comes out right. that they didn't do it. Well, it's sad the fact that we don't have those kind of like uh, systems in place, you know, where somebody goes in and you try and reform them and rehabilitate them to being back to a natural civilian, you know, somebody who wants to uh, grow and like be a part of society again, because, you know, we give them three strikes, but the three strikes are on bullshit on bullshit calls. So therefore they're not really going to learn and they're stuck in the same environment. So once you're stuck in the same environment, you're not going to learn outside of what you want to grow. Um, so uh, it's very, very, it's, it's, a repetitive cycle that won't get fixed until we implement something or we just deconstruct something as a whole. I really think I really think that the solution, a lot of these problems with justice and, and people are going to, I you know, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but really Murray Rothbard in, in, uh, in Ethics of Liberty deals with a lot of these issues. And the, the key, Chad kind of alluded to a moment ago, to a lot of these issues when it comes to the to justice and when it comes to the law is we should stop punishing folks for doing stupid shit, even stupid enough for uh, killing someone. Mm -hmm. Stop punishing and start trying to make the victim whole. Start trying to bring justice. Justice doesn't mean that you take that Tommy raped your sister, so you go rape Tommy. That's not justice. That's revenge. And, right. That's that's revenge. You know, justice is you do something to Tommy that that makes uh, your sister feel whole. And those are the kinds of solutions that we should be looking for when we're talking about the the solutions that that we can find that are libertarian in in uh, their scope. But yes, and, and I chose rape on particularly because it's not murder, but it's still really mm -hmm. fucking bad. Yeah. And and so that's a hard one to get at. But we can when we start looking at real justice and really bringing victims whole instead of worrying about how we can cut off a foot. Yeah. Facts. Facts. You, you know, it's funny. What, what you said reminds me of that, that first scene in the Godfather when the guy's like, you know, these guys beat up my daughter almost to death. And the guy, and, you know, Corleone says, well, what do you want me to do? And he basically says, I want you to kill him. And he says, no, that's not justice because your daughter's still alive. <laughs> so, mm. The, the punishment exactly the crap out of them so yeah yeah right and, and, and here's my thing i mean my opposition to the death penalty is the exact reason that what you just said chad if, if you support the death penalty then you have to be okay with the fact that some innocent people are going to die now i'm not saying that you like it you don't have to like that that but you have to accept death, it but you have to be able to accept it and you have to be okay mm -hmm. with it i can't be okay with that and I can't accept that. So yeah. to me, even in cases where I, I know the person did it, and and, and I'm, I probably wouldn't shed a tear about them dying, but I'm still against it happening. Because, yeah. I mean, and, and even in cases where there's video footage, well, I mean, we're at a point where you can doctor a lot of stuff. So to me, it just makes more sense to have a different type of punishment that isn't final because if you do find out that they didn't commit this crime, at least they get some of their life back. Right. And they the hell out of the out of the government, which was you know, which, which get some good money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I mean, and, and a lot of this stuff they they get 
uh, convicted on trumped up charges or that it was shoddy police work or shoddy work in the court system. I mean, there's a host of different issues that would lead to somebody getting convicted of a crime that they didn't c commit. And it happens a lot more than we think. So mm -hmm. to me, when you're gonna have an imperfect system, then you don't bring death into that situation because people can yeah. make mistakes and these mistakes can mm -hmm. result in somebody losing their life when they when for, for something that they didn't do. Facts. Yeah. yeah. The only difference between the minority report and what you just described is the minority report doesn't wait for them to commit the crime. Right. Uh, it predicts that they're going to commit the crime. But what we're doing is we're like, we, we don't, in a lot of cases, we're going off of like some cir circumstantial evidence. And then there's some other evidence. And then there's some planted evidence or something like that, where like when they find out that these people aren't the ones who did it, what they find out is that all of the things that they thought proved that that person did it were either fumbles or intentional plant of, of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really, really, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also like, it's criminal. Like what happens to these guys, you know? And, and, and so um, it's, yeah, it's very, uh, and people are, people like, Talk, like to throw that minority port thing around like you know where, where they're doing the stuff with red flag laws and all this other stuff and it's like well yeah but you support the death penalty so like right. you know like, you're not that far off you just have like a different um like you have a different cutoff than other people have like the line yeah. the line for you is in a different place for who gets to be uh accused of something and had their life taken away um, well, and you also so. brought up the point about you know maybe supporting it for somebody who who might be in imminent danger, like yeah. if they out a bunch of time that they're going to kill other people. But even right. that, I mean, I, I might support them too. But at the same time, what does that well, really happen? You yeah. Know that so, well, so yeah. So, so the Batman comics because the Joker right. always gets out. It's put well. So it's put into the language to like to to basically kind of um, make the to draw the delineation of like look. You realize how ridiculous this is, right? That like you've got this person locked up in solitary confinement. They're in like eight eight wall eight foot walls of concrete. You know, um, if you really really are worried about this, you, there's Hannibal Lecter ways to like you know keep people closed up, and you don't let right. you don't let right. somebody come and interview them, <laughs> and you don't you know what I mean? Like you don't leave the person who's interviewing them alone. Um, and, and give them like a pen and you know all the kind of shit that makes it to where it's easy to help them escape what they're talking about I think what the what the uh, the parallel that's being drawn when that reference is made is more about if someone is let's say you're in uh, in, in some sort of uh, like a rural setting or something like that and and you you get a hold of somebody and they're still, it's almost like it's not even death penalty at that point. It's a self-defense thing. It is. It's, you know, yeah. you're not even, this isn't, this isn't a, uh, yeah. this isn't a, we've got them locked up and we're going to take them to trial and we're going to determine that they deserve to die. And we're going to go to the electric chair. This is more of a, he's headed right for us, you know, that sort of right. thing. Uh, and, and I think that, I think what, we, what we've kind of, stumbled onto and, and and I realize we're not probably going to talk about the death penalty all night. Yeah, one of the not, things, yeah. yeah, one of the Everybody's things that's depressing me in the chat, by the way. <laughs> but one of the things that we've stumbled on is one of the similarities between mm -hmm. um conservatives and between anarchs because at the end of the day, what why the reason that you don't want government to have the power over other people's lives is because you don't fucking trust them. 
You don't yep. trust that they're going to be able to, in every circumstance, be able to do the right thing. And mm -hmm. th the difference between conservatives, for instance, and, and I would actually call you a minarchist, but um, the, the difference between conservatives and anarchists is that that. I don't ever trust them. I don't trust them to pick up a piece of bread without trying to kill some folks <laughs> or, try, or trying to at least charge somebody some money that didn't ever touch the bread so that they can eat it. <laughs> you know, they're going to steal from folks. They're going to kill people. And I think that, but I do think that you found one of the similarities is the fact that conservatives tend to be distrustful of government and look for private ways to, to do governmenty things. You know, right. it, it comes back to the, the old, you know, who would build the roads thing, you know, the, the end of the day. Dang, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. But I know uh, you've never been asked that. No, no, never, not once. <laughs> but, uh -huh. but at the end of the day, you, you really, for an anarchist, the difference is how in any way does introducing violence into any justice system, into anything in your life, how does introducing violence make it better? And the mm -hmm. only thing government does, the only thing is violence. They are a territorial monopoly on violence, and that's it. That's what they are. And they're a band of burglars that do it. Yeah, no. I can't disagree. Where's the lie? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I actually had. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Miss Pinky. I see you. I see you, Miss Pinkston in the chat saying, fuck them ho ass roads. I love it. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Shout out to Eric July, too. Oh, Eric, Eric July is going to be doing, uh, I think that he and Eliza Blue are doing an interview tomorrow or oh, uh, really? some, sometime this week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking That'll forward to that. That's going to no, be no, awesome. No, you ask Eric July when Backwards is coming out with a new record. I, I'm getting a little. Bro, bro, did, did you get, have you heard the, uh, so not Backwards. Are you into like the, you're into that, like, that, like that metal shit? Are you, are I'm you looking. Some of it. I, I like you, your band. You to I the rap circle that came out like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it's awesome. He just dropped an 18 track. Rap Circle album like oh, a week or two ago. Ripper's raps like it's all it's it's all rap. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw his solo stuff. Okay, yeah. So I I still need that's on my list to yeah. check out. Okay, but I'm, no, I'm it's good shit. Backwards. I want to listen. Okay, to you're talking about backwards. backwards. All right, yeah. Right. No, because I like I'm not gonna lie. Like that is not my cup of tea. And when I first heard him on the Tom Woods show like three years ago or something like that, I was like, oh sweet, like rap music that I could. And I was like, this is not rap music. I was like, that's how I, I discovered him too. Is this the same backwards? <laughs> Is this the same backwards thing? And I was like, dude, when I discovered that English. album, I was wearing it out. I was playing yeah. it on repeat. And I, I'll, it's one of the few that I can still listen to all the way through. I mean, the lyrics are amazing. I just struggle exactly. with like the, the, it's it's not something I can, I don't know if I can, like, I can't, I can't work out to, I guess I can work out to, to it somewhat, but I can't do much else. Like, I can't clean my yard, you know, mow the grass or whatever to that fucking, it's, it's so hard. It's hard. Speaking I, just, of, I had, to, had to get to where I learned it enough that I could like sing along a little bit. Look at Patriot Jay said yeah, it nah. mostly. Yeah, speaking right. of Patriot Jay, I was most definitely Patriot uh, Jay. I'm saving the day. Saving yeah. the day. I'm saving the day. I, I, I was breaking some shit at work. Paul G, G shouts out to Paul G. Says what's up, my boy. <laughs> well, I'm Shout sorry, Nico. No, I was basically saying that I was enjoying listening to Patriot Jay uh, while at work breaking shit. So that was fun. 
Shouts out to Patrick. <laughs> no, nice. uh, Ebony, you're right. I do. I, I listen to R&B and I listen to like old 70s music. Man, I, I like I have this whole playlist that I have that's got like it's got like uh player little little river band and like all this other kind of shit on there. It's like baby got back. It's not baby got back. It's baby. So, back. but you know, so Jeff, that's a good. I'm trying so to do the. Uh, I'm trying to mix it up. Do the hip hop version of that song. <laughs> so Jeff, what kind of music do you prefer? Oh, I listen to everything. I listen to almost everything. There's not. There's not a lot that I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with country music, I'm a little picky. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like like pop country. But but, I, but if you put, yeah, but if you put on some Zach Brown band, hey, no Zach Brown band bangs. Y'all can't. Count. Yeah, Zach Brown band. Bad. <laughs> that's different. Yeah, the. Uh, Heavy, what is it? Heavy, uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And uh, wait, is that isn't that Jack Brown band? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Maybe it's not. No, it's, uh, it's somebody else. I don't know shit about country. So, <laughs> heavy no, is like the head that wears the crown. That's it's hilarious too. that every time you ask a black person, What do you listen to? Yeah, no, I listen to a lot of things, everything but country. Which sucks because we invented country. But here's the thing I, I like more of like the folksy bluegrass style. Okay. I love okay. that. Like that I, I can get that. down with. I, I love okay. that. I, you know, I, I listen to some hip hop, and but I really, what I grew up with, was old school soul music like that's my shit mm, right there like yeah. earth wind and fire tower of power tina marie uh you know what have you all of that i love it i, I love it all marvin gay uh, mm-hmm. curtis mayfield like that's what i i really enjoy listening to that and but uh i don't listen to music as much as i'd like to because i'm always you know busy but sure. lately I've been on, you know, if you look at my t- TL, you know, I'm on a big bluegrass kick right now because I'm learning how to play banjo. So, yeah, but but I like pretty much any style of music. It shows how bad I am at country music knowledge. That song that I was singing is by Daughtry. I, have no <laughs> I just Googled that shit and I was like, oh, shit, man. I think, I think so what it was is it was it was the theme music for like the, 19, uh, the 2015 uh, MLB playoffs. Ooh, who's that going? Nico, uh, I'm gonna blame Nico. No, I don't know. Uh, it was echoing okay. for a second. No, it's fine. It's, it was echoing for. I just fucking blame me for everything. That's all. I got a mic no, now. You can't blame me. The, I know. No, <laughs> no, that was the that was the theme music for the 2015 MLB playoffs, and they had. I just remember seeing like a a guy singing live music, and he had like this real thick beard, and I was like, oh, I guess it's the Zach Brown man, but I didn't know. <laughs> so I guess I guess Daughtry had grown a beard out since American Idol, so. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, notice right. I didn't even trying. I don't listen to country, so I didn't know. Yeah, notice <laughs> I didn't even take a foray. I don't got shit for country. Nope, fuck all that shit. I'm a metalhead, man. I like heavy metal and, oh, and like metal. yeah, and and I I like rap too. Rap's a big deal for me. You know, I like old school rap though. I like uh, like Tupac, N.W.A., that kind of shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, I can't get down with any country though. I can get down with good music, so I can understand mm. uh, the the like for bluegrass because you can't fault those people. They know what the hell they're doing when they pick up an instrument. Don't you have to say those people, Marcus? This is a show that is that we're, we don't like racism. At least he didn't don't say, say those you people. people. You people is those a lot people. Worse what than are those they? Hillbilly Bro, Americans? Was, listen, listen, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Marcus is the only other person in this in this show old enough to remember this moment but i was i was there i saw ross perot <laughs> say you get you get behind a mule the mule starts kicking who does it hurt you people your people 
Uh, to the bad. NAACP. And I, was I like, remember. Yeah, oh, I remember damn. when I was a kid. I'm you're just, you're yeah. done. Like, that's it. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you you would have been better off not going and talking to him uh, instead of saying that because that was. You know, yeah. it, it, it's funny. I remember my mom being mad at that. She was like, he wasn't talking about, you know. You yeah, he wasn't using it in like, like a racist, racist way. Yeah, he right, was right, saying, right. It's going to hurt you. <laughs> right, 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 right. I like right. Rothbro when I was. No, kid. I did too. I did too. Yeah. My dad voted for him actually, and I blame. I, I I pick on him all the time. I'm like, ah, it's your fault. Clinton won. <laughs> but but anyways, like like H.W. Bush either. would have been any better. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like 12, but I remember yeah. I liked him because one, I, I guess I didn't really have anything for either party, but I liked the fact that he was breaking things down on those charts. If you remember that on those graphs. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but I was like, that guy probably knows what he's talking about because he's breaking stuff down on a chart and he's laying it out. Right. <laughs> no, what they really did is they just did Admiral Stockdale dirty with the whole thing with his hearing aid and him not being able to hear. And they just like made a montage of him not, you know, not being able to hear stuff and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah. Dude, like, got his like eardrums blown out <laughs> in like wars and stuff that he got. Anyway, it's like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, you know, clapping for war or anything like that, but it's like, God damn, you're going to fuck around with this dude, this old man who's like just trying to, he's trying to listen. And Ross Pro is like, probably would have been the best option for like freedom at that moment that there right. was because there was no legitimate third party option. But, you know, they did some shit that, uh, yes, I listened to Hollow Notes, God damn it. Absolutely. Hollow Notes is great. Michael McDonald. I also, so like, there's the uh, there's the Brian McKnight version of uh, "You Can't Go for That," which is which is really good. It has that nice little uh, a nice little rap verse in there too. It's like, uh, jumped into the elevator just like a swimming pool. Head first to quench my thirst, but ended up a fool. Staying cool, I wish that I could, but I can't, so I shan't. Keep giving it all that I got to give, and that's a hell of a lot of a plan. Why can't you see that I'm the man? I love that could have been greater, but a mistake is what you made. And my cuisine edition of later never to give it. Just oh, no. Listen to the fact the fact can go for that. Chad and M. Yeah, <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> that was what's up, dude. That's, that that song's a jam, man. That's like I, I think it's better than the Hollow Notes original, honestly. Like that's just that's just me. I, I love that fucking that 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 rendition is good. Shut up, Brody. Anyway, all right. So Jeff, um, I was gonna ask you what the fuck is a conservatarian, but you already described it, so we can't go into that. But I want to know why you called yourself the Black Chuck Norris. <laughs> oh, this is great. You know, I can't remember now. I mean, I, think <laughs> I was joking around with one of my followers. This is usually how I come up with those names. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah, you're like the man of many names. More names than Hotep Jesus, which is a challenge. You know, you... Uh... <laughs> you know, it's usually if, if I'm making fun of somebody who's saying something stupid. Like like one time, like this was a while ago, somebody called me a white supremacist. Oh, wait, no, no, wait. A moderate voice on a white supremacist platform. So I was like, okay, yeah, you're a moron. And now I'm going to change my name to that because that was so stupid in its cleverness. So, <laughs> you are just like Hotep Jesus because that's how yeah, he got his name. Exactly. Too. Now, now Chuck Norris didn't come out because of that. I think I was somebody, I think I was going back and forth with one of my followers and he mentioned Chuck Norris or whatever. Mm. And so I just changed it to Black Chuck Norris. I don't even remember what it is right now. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black supremacist right now. Yeah. yeah, you're a black supremacist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was great. Which came in great today when uh, when when Nick Searcy was going at it, and you you were coming in there and everything, and it was like I was like, oh my god, here we go. So like between you, Black Mountain Hotep, and there were a couple other people who were in there that like, and he's just like, he, I don't know. Shout out I'm to Nick Searcy. with him about it with Nick Searcy. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Nick Searcy. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I I can't I can't like 
put my finger on like a specific, but I like as soon as I saw his face on his, I was like, I have seen that dude in so much shit. He's always like some like general or like a sergeant or something like that, or he's like somebody like a policeman or I don't know something. Um, so it makes sense that he's uh, anyway. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to dog on the dude. He's I, he seems like a good dude. He just also seems like he's trying to pretend like he's an ostrich and has, does not see racism in white people in the conservative movement at all when we're all very well aware that it does exist. Um, by the way, Saul G said to uh, said shout out to my boy Jeff. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Brother Thank Saul. you, Saul G. So, so we've uh, kind of touched on some of the subjects we tend to, to touch on. Uh, and we did music as a bonus, um, yeah. but, <laughs> right? Um, but Jeff, uh, one of the things that we do here is we don't shy away from religious subjects. You know, most people know that I have an unusual religion. Nico has an unusual religion and Chad's Catholic. <laughs> so so <laughs> where's your heart at? Call man? That a different you... Look, I went to a right. Christian bookstore one time. We were in the cult section. <laughs> I was nice. like, well, fucker, you go? don't know the people I know. Like, you <laughs> wow. We're talking about some real shit anyway. So, <laughs> so, so Jeff, where are you at religiously? What do, what do you think about God and all that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, Protestant, um, non-denominational. I've pretty much been that way most, most of my life, or all of my life, really. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I guess that's it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, Protestant. Cool. And um, does, does your uh, faith inform your conservatism at all or vice versa or both? You know, that's a good question. I mean, because throughout most of my life, I would I would have to say it does. Mm -hmm. And I and I think it still does. Um, although I haven't it's not something that I've thought about lately. So I, I would have to really think to see how it really seeps into what I talk about. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why I try to be consistent in how I apply my principles, because I do believe that the Bible wants you to apply your principles consistently. A lot mm -hmm. of people who are Christians or, or a lot of people on the right claim to be Christians, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, when George Floyd goes down, they uh, lose their religion in the words of Michael Stipe. Sure. <laughs> and to me, it's like, why are you calling yourself a Christian when you can't even have a level of sympathy, even if you agree with what happened to him? Mm -hmm. How do you call yourself a Christian, but you're going to make fun of the fact that he was a drug addict, especially yeah. when, you know, he became a drug addict because he was having back pain. Same thing with right. Rush Limbaugh. And you don't say the same thing about him. I think it's just to me, I think a lot of people's Christianity is just like their principles. They apply it selectively. Mm -hmm. I think we're all guilty of this to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Mm -hmm. We've all, we're all, we, we all become hypocrites at one point or another. But I think when I think about that, I think about who did Jesus have the most harshest words for? The hypocrites, the Pharisees, yeah. the Pharisee leaders who were putting a yoke on people that they themselves couldn't bear. Um, and I think that it it does jibe with a lot of, I'd say, more libertarian thought. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't you, you don't judge what somebody else is doing. You, I mean, you don't judge other people. I mean, you can say that what somebody's doing is wrong. I don't think the Bible right. says do that. But you don't condemn them. You let people live that the way that they want to live. You pray for them. You become their friends. You try to, you know, lead them in the right direction if you believe they're going the wrong way. But who did that? That was Jesus himself who did that. Uh -huh. So to me, I think that there is a lot of 
overlap between how I see my faith and how I approach politics. Uh, I'm, it's funny because I'm kind of actually working this out right now. Now that you asked me that question, <laughs> but, um, good. Well, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I, I have. They're not separate to me. Not, mm -hmm. not that, that people might think. Well, sure. one of the things you hit on that I wanted to, t to touch on is real quick is the this notion of you hear it a lot of times with with a lot of, I mean, people of all faiths. But I'll just stick to Christians because I'm one of them. Um, it's mercy for me, justice for my enemies. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, that's what a lot of this stuff comes down to is people want mercy for themselves yeah. and they want justice for the people who wrong them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what about people you wrong? No, no justice on you. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't get, get that's to be right. justified <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We're all about that justice. Except yeah, when it yeah. reflects on us. Right. But I mean, I think you're right. I mean, that, that is how we think and we're not supposed to think that way because that's not, if you're a Christian, that's not how Jesus sees the situation. Right. I also kind of apply it, you know, when it comes to freedom, I mean, even on the right, I mean, so many people say, oh, well, if you don't believe this, you're not a conservative. Well, it depends on what it is. I mean, if, if there are foundational principles that that conservatism is built upon and you don't believe in right. those, then you might not be conservative. It's just like when I say people who are authoritarians who always support the police, to me, they may say they're conservatives, but they're not because they're not adhering to the principles that they say they adhere to. So, so when it comes to other matters that are more like disputable matters, then yeah, we can argue about those things. But if you're telling me you're a conservative and you and you value the idea of limited government, then it does not make sense to support the police the way you guys do. Honestly, I mean, mm -hmm. and it really it's not consistent. And and you even saw some of that, especially with like Eric Gardner, where he was specifically targeted for violating a bullshit ass fucking licensing right. restriction. That's right. not limited government. Like get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. He's seriously he's selling fucking cigarettes. Right. And you think it's yep. okay that the motherfucker died for that shit? Like and and that's it's the absurd. thing like you keep yeah. doing it. There's so much of this stuff that they've driven you know everything's everybody's all about like the uh the like the the um the alcohol liquor industry and everything and and you, you go back to prohibition and even some of the people who were defying the government back then are are damn near revered as heroes now. Like Al Capone is not really like seen as the same as George Floyd. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But the dude was a fucking murderer and sure a thief and everything else. But the government created that because they mm -hmm. shoved him underground. Yep. By pro by yep. making making it illegal. For that stuff to happen above board, so you, you you can't do the limited government thing and then be all back the blue and just obey, just comply when the laws are bullshit to begin with. Anyway, well, and, and that actually brings up another point because conservatives who are Christians have tended, at least in in the past, and I think it's still I think it's still present in the movement today. They are okay with using the government to to enforce Christian morality. Right. To me, like, I I don't personally agree with smoking crack. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the moral thing to do. Right. I don't believe that I should be able to use the government to punish you for doing it. And I can even go deeper I, when it comes to all drugs. I mean, 
since that's been driven underground, a lot of lives have been lost and ruined because of it. Right. Let's talk about prostitution. Do I agree with prostitution? No, I think it's immoral. I don't mm -hmm. believe that we should be able to throw you in a cage for that. And so mm -hmm. people get into this mode where they think that they should be using the government to enforce Christian morality. And they miss the point of limited government. And by the way, I mean, even back when our founding, founding fathers were around, they, they, they made this stuff illegal too. So they weren't exactly uh, following what they were saying. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I, I don't even get into slavery. I mean, there are other ways that they said we need liberty. Right. But then, no, but we're going to pass laws. Yeah, so we can't do what mm -hmm. you want. Yeah, and and the perfect example of that is George Washington. The first person, the first president to violate the Constitution in history was George Washington with the Whiskey Rebellion, and so that's been had. Uh, that that has definitely been set in precedent. One of the things I want to warn you about, Jeff, and I believe me, I'm all about it. I'm all about you. You keep being consistent because pretty soon you're going to keep being persistent and have a little anarchy symbols next to you because that's what happened to my ass because uh, I wanted to be consistent. Yeah, One of the things I always say is like when they ask me if I'm an anarchist, I say, no, I'm not an anarchist yet. Right. <laughs> uh, see, yeah. I want to see Jeff Charles, conservatarian <laughs> slash anarchiquarian. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Can we poke fun of him enough just so just that so he that. can be uh, right. <laughs> get, him, get him triggered right. into, into oh, right. changing his name. Right. No shit. Yeah. No shit. So, so yeah, and but I, I mean that though. The the more you become consistent, the more you start looking at because again, government only does one thing, and that's introduce violence into a situation. That's all they do. They are nothing more than you know, and I, I would throw out anything by Lysander any quote by Lysander Spooner because he nails the 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 a nail on the head every every damn time these people it, it, you know there is no difference between what the government does to people all the time and what a roadside bandit does except for that a roadside bandit respects and has the decency to do the stealing himself instead of employing somebody else to right. <laughs> yeah well the other thing too that like when you were when you were talking about how this uh like enforcing your morality it's not just that you you create this victimless crime sort of setup. My, I would argue. So, like, this is one of the things where maybe Marcus and I may diverge. Maybe we maybe we don't. I don't know. Um, but we we talked about this last night on our our John Cor uh, podcast with Hotep Jesus. He asked like if our we have this buyer persona that, that we're cultivating or we're starting to build right. called Billy, right. and um, he says, well is Billy a libertarian? And I said, Hmm, all right. Or is he a libertarian or is he a conservative? And so my response was, he's a, he's a conservative in here, but he's up here. He's uh, live and let live. Let me build my stuff. Stay out of my way. I'm not going to mess with you. You don't mess with me kind of person. Right. You no, know, like whatever yeah. you want to do that, do that. And so that's, that's really kind of where I am. Like in here, like the values that I teach my kids, the way that I, the way that I think that we should conduct ourselves and everything, is what would what, what people would call conservative. Okay, right, right. 
I don't think that shit should be put into any kind of law or anything like that, though. Yeah. So that's the difference. I'm like this weird, like conservative anarchist where I think that there shouldn't be any of these forceful laws that, that try to make because and the reason I brought that up is because my argument in favor of doing the live and let live thing is that my experience has been whenever someone tries to force me to do something against my will, even if it's for my own good. Mm -hmm. And this is a human nature thing. I'm not alone in this. My impulse is to rebel is to push back. That is my Yeah. So how do we expect, how do conservatives or liberals how does how does anybody expect that if they can legislate something that they want to see change in human behavior, that that's going to actually change that human behavior? Now, notwithstanding the fact that if you punish certain things, people try to find a way around them. So they stop doing those things. And so like certain taxation will push money in other directions because right. they don't right. want to do. But, but that's why you'll see people like they'll dump a bunch of money at the end of the year on charity and stuff like that. But, you know, charity uh, uh, giving blows up <laughs> around Christmas time. Yeah. Because people are trying to dump the books so that they can get a tax deduction. Um, and so, but, but, but that notwithstanding, like generally speaking, I remember the Chick-fil-A CEO said something about like gay marriage or something like that. And what happened? You had a bunch of people go and like make out at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, in front of all their in front of all their Christian conservative customers, I'm like, so how'd that work out for you, big guy? Is that what you? Is that the desired result? So you have to really be careful about like when you try to push this stuff out onto other people. If you're not inviting people and and approaching it with love and compassion and and a live and let live type of um, vibe, you're you're inviting that sort of pushback that you know it's going to become you know please have mercy on me oh too late motherfucker it's justice time bitch yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And, and that, exactly that's what's going to happen well yeah and i mean and, and that's kind of how i like say like with the issue of, of abortion i personally disagree with it and i can't say that i'm pro-choice with it i'm still kind of struggling with that mm -hmm. but at the same time whether i'm pro-life pro or not I know that outlawing it is not going to stop abortion. You're going to stop mm -hmm. some of them, but mm -hmm. you're going to create other issues. If you, if we want to actually cut down on abortion, fix the economic issues that lead to abortion. Mm -hmm. Fight it in the culture. Get the mm -hmm. churches involved. I mean, because there are a lot of churches who do good work. But there are a lot of churches yeah. who just talk a lot, and they and they don't really actually do work in the right. community. There are there are much better ways to deal with the abortion issue than to just overturn Roe v. Wade. To me, that, that's just a band-aid. That's not gonna fix the problem. Really, we need to live in a world where you can be behave in a way that I don't like and you don't have to care what I think about it and vice versa. So we don't have to agree on everything. But the thing is, when we try to use the government to enforce our will, and I and I do understand, like, and with certain things, like, you know, like with murder, stuff like that, and this is probably something that we talk about in a second, but there do there, we do need to do things about those sins and about those evils. But mm -hmm. when it comes to just regular everyday life, we don't need to have the government involved in that, To at least not to that extent. For okay, sure. So, what extent do you believe that government should be able to reign over the individual people, from your point of view? Can we save that? 
Can we save that for the for the indoctrination chamber? Okay. Let's rewind his thing, and then I have a question from Patriot J that I want to uh, want to get off, and then, sure. and then we'll get into the indoctrination get, chamber. Nico, you're up first in the indoctrination chamber to ask. For sure, for sure. Um, good question, Nico. But Chad's right. We'll take that to the indoctrination <laughs> chamber. Um, but Jeff, uh, one of the things that I found helpful for me because I've always been what you might consider pro-life and I and people are like okay but you're an anarchist how how the hell do you make that work and mm-hmm. um, again Murray Rothbard in Ethics of Liberty handles it really well and how he explained it was there is two different things just because something is legal doesn't mean that it is is uh, moral and just because something is moral doesn't mean it should be uh, made I- involved in the legal avenue of things. So he says it is absolutely and completely immoral, immoral to have an abortion because that is murdering a baby. That baby has died. It will become a human being. It is immoral. But legally, for a child to be recognized by voluntarist ideas and by what he had already laid out, you have to A, be able to stand on your own. You need to be able to take care of yourself. And um, to be self-owned, you need to be able to take care of yourself. And number two, you have to be able to live on your own. Well, that's not really true when you're talking about a baby. So it may be legal to kill the child. It may be legal to do it because um, the under the idea of self-ownership, that child is not self-owning until it is born. And there's, yeah. I, I believe there's a bit of a gray area that, that until it becomes a, a fully recognized adult, but um, but ultimately, it still remains immoral. So what what he suggests is again the the free market handle it in this way. If someone that I know has an abortion, I will tell them that was wrong. You committed murder, and I will have nothing to do with you because of it, because you have have proven yourself to be immoral to me. So you will no longer be my friend. And that doesn't mean that somebody can't come back from that. They can't, you know, whatever right. it is. But that is my punishment in a free market on what they have done by what I believe is an immoral act, but that doesn't make it illegal. So can I, can I, can I touch real quick on, on that and and kind of piggyback off of that? Um, One of the things that, that, so I remember when, uh, when I think it was in for a new Liberty that Rothbard talks about like the invader and like expelling an invader versus like, being forced to to host a parasite as he, he yeah, described I've it, that argument you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah, here's my challenge to to conservatives or, or any pro life folks out there um, who I, I I would count myself among your rank. Um, we have this. There's a, a like a care pregnancy center like across the street from an abortion clinic in Baton Rouge where I live. Mm-hmm. And like my wife has uh, translated, I've I've done some stuff, you know, volunteering. I need to do more um, and and donate some more money and everything to them. But they basically offer an alternative across the street for mm-hmm. people. And like my wife has done because there's a lot of like Hispanic women in uh, in in Louisiana that who that they don't speak English, and so like she, my wife is Cuban, so she helped to. Uh, Okay. to translate some of the stuff so that they could actually understand what, you know, what they're getting into and everything. But they, they basically try to help the women take the child to birth, 
have the child and then they find uh, an, you know, an adoptive family and everything. Instead of investing money in politicians who promise you they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade, invest that money in that. And secondly, invest that money in research that can lead to eventually one day us having the technology where you can peacefully and innocuously remove the child from the womb and tra and transplant it to someone who is willing to take that baby on. Like I, I know there's some stuff where we're getting into some some like gray areas on like how people think about ethics in medicine and all this kind of stuff. But as an alternative to killing the thing, killing the baby, okay, let's let's explore the possibility of you don't have to have this parasite invading you anymore if that's what you think it is. Someone else wants it. We'll just like a like a you know some people talk about it like this. So I'm just going to use their their language, like a tumor. You would remove it, and then you would move it somewhere else where it could actually live on with someone right. someone who, who wants it. So so that's that's it. That's that's my my little piece. Well, and see, and that's the thing. Those are solutions that are out that can be outside of of the government. I I, mm -hmm. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And who knows where technology is going to go? It may go right. to an where we, we don't even have to talk about Roe v. Wade, but mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade overturning that, I mean, I think we would all, would all, all agree, it's not gonna do much. What your wife is doing is more mm -hmm. effective in as far as preventing abortion than mm -hmm. the government outlawing it. I would, I would, I, I would rather, if, if the government's gonna be there, I'd rather have the government pour resources into what your wife is doing and what these other care centers are doing, because I, I, mm -hmm. I am aware of those. We need more of those. I mean, and yeah. I think if we did, we could actually fix a lot of this. We can never eliminate the problem 100 percent because most mm -hmm. problems that, that that nations deal with, you can't eliminate all of it. But can we eliminate as much of it as possible? I think mm -hmm. the way to do that is through persuasion. It is through mm -hmm. supporting these mothers who are afraid to have their children or, or, or helping to helping them to deal with what they're going through. More of uh, more community is going to fix this problem, not more government. Right. Right. Absolutely. True. And, and, and it's that's impossible the to enforce too. Like it'd be really hard to enforce. I mean, it's try try to outlaw it, and then what are you gonna? How are you gonna enforce it without like? Are you gonna chain the mom to the bed? Are you right. gonna, you know, give the doctor the death penalty? Like, I, I, what you know, like, where's the, what's the enforcement mechanism, and what are the penalties that you're gonna use to to you know, create justice around it? I, I don't know. It just gets to be. I I'm much more in favor of these voluntary and inviting sorts of solutions rather than these you shall not types of solutions. I mean, and, and yeah, that's the thing. It, it does go back to faith because that is how Christians are supposed to handle things. If somebody's going mm -hmm. through something, you come around them, you lay hands mm -hmm. on them. You, mm -hmm. the church is supposed to is supposed to support people. So I, I it, it applies Preach to Pastor Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, might, sure. you might get you might get Pastor Jeff in this announcement. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys about ready to take him into the chamber? Yeah, yes, oh, well, let me yeah, let me uh, let me the, well do I want to do that and then we can because Patriot Jay had asked a question and yeah, I that's right. Go ahead just now. Yeah. So he says, Can I hear Jeff's thoughts on congressional candidate Alex Stovall, oh, the Arizona anti AOC candidate? Uh oh. Here we go. <laughs> I don't know anything about this person, so I'm yeah, just like the novo for me. See, I, I usually don't like to do this. <laughs> I mean, especially when it involves a candidate. But you don't I have to if you don't want to. You can no, say no, no I will. I will. No, no, I will. He he wants it's to. He's not like he wants to. No, if it's <laughs> Patriot right. Day, I'll do it. But, no, but um, right, right. 
Yeah, I, I, somebody brought this guy to my attention. I think it was last night. I think I think Miss Pinky brought him to my attention. Oh, okay. And and here's what I do whenever I see these new candidates, and I hate to say this, but especially if they're black and on the right, I check them out first. I go to the website. I see what's going on over there. I look through through, through their Twitter feed to see if I'm going to support them or say anything about them. I mean, the guy is basing his platform on AOC. That's that that's the first strike right there. Like that that's the first mistake. Like Wait, so it is just an anti AOC campaign, like it's it, it, or it's based based on based loosely on a true story. <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah. I'll continue. I'll continue. Right. So uh, he doesn't uh, even live rough. in New York. I think he's running in Arizona, but he's basically his pitch is that if you elect him to Congress, then he'll oppose AOC and the Squad when he gets in there. So he's basing his a campaign on this is what I'm going to oppose, and there's nothing about this is what I'm going to. Do what the fuck he gonna, what the fuck is he gonna do if they get voted out and they're not there anymore? He'll find a new arch nemesis. I, I don't I know. guess so. I guess yeah. that's what it is. So when I so when I saw that, I was like, already that, that that's strike one. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. one of my other strikes is are they really hyping up the fact that they're black? Hey, I'm a black Republican, and we know that things are hard for black Republicans, yada yada yada. Now I didn't see him doing that, so I was like, okay. And then the last and the most important thing is I go to the website and I look for policy, at least in a, a policy approach. I don't need all the nuts and bolts. I don't need all the detail. What's your I, general theme? that you? Yeah, well, give me an overall idea of the type of policies that you right. will support and why. Give me some. And also, if you have ideas on how to get this done, that's a plus. Like, like that's the reason why I chose to interview Donnie Anthony, because when, when I went to her website, I saw like six different areas of focus and she had a really very short 30 second video explaining why she was going to push for certain things in whatever area i was very impressed by that i love it i went to this guy's website and he had three areas immigration and economics and stuff like that but when you click on it it's like one or two senses and one of them had three senses two of which said the exact same thing so they just cut and pasted it right <laughs> So just, they like, just went to the word count thing and they're like, what can we do to make the word count go up? Uh, copy yeah, that sentence uh, and paste it again. Back to back. Yeah, I think what happens, they probably just push control B twice. Yeah, and I, yeah, somebody was nervous typing to hurry up that, and cram it in. Yeah. That, that just shows me that your that your guy is careless. And right, so right. and so when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I can't take it seriously. This is not a serious thing. He may think it's serious because a lot of these people think they're being serious and they're not. Others are just running for clout and they know it. Right. So mm -hmm. when I saw his stuff, I was like, yeah, no, no, this is. And, and what's sad is that I have to end up saying that a lot. Like there's a reason why I've only interviewed Donnie Anthony so far, because mm -hmm. a lot of them fall into this category. I, w I would love to interview more, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to use my platform to platform just people. Yeah, out. right. Take, take what you're doing seriously and then. We'll go. You you may win, you may lose, but at least I know that you know what you're talking about to at least to a certain extent, and that you're actually pushing towards something, and you're not just trying to be the next guy to say, "Oh, uh, the Democrats are bad." That's how we got Marjorie Taylor Greene. So if they, if they resemble that at all, uh -uh. and anymore, that's <laughs> you know, it's one of the many things that that led me away from the Republican Party back in the day. Is you know, I. Be about some shit. 
<laughs> you know, this is, right. and, and we face that, uh, you know, I face that myself in the Libertarian Party. These people just trying to be milk toast Republicans or milk toast mm. Democrats or, you know, whatever the fuck they, they try to do. You know, we've got to stand out. And, uh, and that goes, whether you're talking about the Libertarians, the, the GOP or the Democrats, the only way the, you know, if you could run, like for instance, Jeff, frankly, if you ran for office, you would stand out because one, you would have depth and you would have ideas. And nowadays, those things don't exist. It's all puff pieces and bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> they're very good at telling you what they're against and who they're against, and that's important. We got to know that, mm -hmm. but. I want Americans are more concerned with what you're for, at least the ones who have substance. They want to know what ideas do you bring to the table? If you're just going to be the opposition, that ain't going to cut it. You've got to be the competition. That's what I've been saying. You have to have competing ideas. And Felicia has been saying it. We've all been saying it. So when I see somebody who is just wanting to run against AOC, then I can't support it. Now, if something changes, if I see something different or if maybe he wises up or gets some better people mm -hmm. around him and I see some changes, then I'll change my mind. I'm, I'm always open to that because, again, some people just don't understand what they're doing. So if that changes, fine. But yeah. well, then I, I may not criticize him on my Twitter feed, but I'm not going to support him. Yeah, but you know what it takes to have ideas? You have to be a thinker. And you have yeah. there's, peop, there's these people like Rubio, Dan Crenshaw, and all these people that... They're, you can tell they're not thinkers because, like, uh, what's his name? Chris Christie exposed Marco Rubio on stage in the Republican debates back in sure. 2015 or whatever, where he made his fucking motherboard melt. He poured Coke all over his fucking keyboard and shit because Marco Rubio just kept repeating the same shit about, uh, we have to disp dispense with this notion that Obama is, you know, whatever. It's like, goddamn, you said the same thing twice. Did you hit control V twice by accident, right. motherfucker? Like, because Christie like exposed him, and I'm not a big fan of Chris Christie except for this moment. <laughs> he, he, he exposed him, and then to like rebut the exposure, he said the same shit again. It was like he said it again. He did it again. There it is, yeah. and it was exactly the same fucking little speech. When you don't have ideas, so like for instance, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that, but like. I've never heard anybody else say that Republicans should invest their money in care pregnancy centers and research to help remove the 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 fetus from the womb and have it implanted on another womb. You know, because so, at some point we're going to have some sort of technology that's oh, going yeah. to rival that. You know, so like, why are you spending your money on politicians? It's been like forty fucking years. Y'all still ain't got the no fifty years now. Shit, it's almost fifty years. I'm forty seven. I was born a year after Roe v. Wade passed. So I'm like, I'm one that I know. I'm like, hey, in a pro-choice world, my mom still made the right choice. But um, but anyway, it's like you, you've been paying all this money and putting all this energy into trying to elect politicians to change something. You could have put that money towards an actual solution that you could have actually saved some babies. You could have actually offered those mothers a, a leg up to to have. And, and And there's a lot of these women that go through like, they go through depression and all sorts of other stuff mm -hmm. after the fact. You could have saved them that, but instead you're fucking around trying to give somebody money and give them exposure to get on a podium and fucking badmouth people and do all this other bullshit and then go bomb a bunch of fucking Iraqis over some oil. Right, right. You know, like, get the fuck out of here, man. I, I'm, I'm fucking done with it. Anyway, so let's move on to the... Uh, 
the moment we've all been waiting for. Um, people with the uh, look directly at the center of the screen. People with problems with seizures <laughs> or anything like that. Please look away from the and screen. Do not listen to Marcus. Seizures, please look In away. Three, two, one. Here we go. Can I drop out of my chair? Oh, this Nico, is right. shut up. No. <laughs> you are entering into the Aquarian Anarchy Indoctrination Chamber. People, you can look back at your screens again. Jeff Charles, Nico, is first up to ask you a question. Resistance is futile. That's right. <laughs> so going back to the question, um, how much domain and reign do you believe and reach do you believe that government should be involved in your day-to-day -day life uh, at this moment in time, I should say? At, at this moment in time, where I'm at right now, um, <laughs> since I'm not an anarchist yet, I would say... Like, like when it comes to a safety net, I'm okay with there being a certain level of a safety net um, that is specifically designed to get you off of that safety net. That's not what we have right now, but that's something that I, that I might be okay with. Um, as far as involvement, I mean, you know, people, somebody asked me a while ago, you know, should we tax the rich? And I said, no, lower everybody's taxes and eliminate them if you can. Um, I would say, as far as police goes, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, because they're talking about, you know, defunding the police. I'm not yet sold on the idea uh, that a private police force is going to be any better than what we have now. I don't necessarily think it would be worse. But to me, I'm more right now. I want more police accountability. I think if we just remove the police right now, it would be a disaster. Maybe I might be open to like a tiered program where we tear things down, but there would have to be a lot of things that have to change before I would be comfortable with that. Um, other than that, I, I'm not really into the government being involved beyond that. I mean, like if we get attacked by another country, then our, our military can, you know, do what they need to do. Other than that, no. So okay. military this is the only government real reign. And then the things that you just stated obviously yeah okay this is the so, part where marcus leans into the mic ha <laughs> <laughs> ha no uh, uh what um exactly what portion of someone's life do they need violence in in this minarchist world you're talking about because if they need this safety net what you're saying is that they need somebody's hand in their back pocket while they're struggling because that's what government does. That safety net was provided by churches, by the Masons, by charity organizations for hundreds, possibly thousands of years. Yes, they were. And the, what the solution um that you're offering is more of the thing that drove them out of the public arena. Why would you argue that a safety net could be provided by thieves, murderers, and criminals? Good question. If I actually believe that churches would step up and do what they need to do, then we can get rid of the government safety net too. That that's the only reason why I'm okay with it mm. because I, I'm I'm not confident and I'm, and I'm not convinced that let's say if we took it away tomorrow, that we would have religious institutions and charities step up in a way that would address this uh, better than the government would. Now maybe I'm just being too cynical, but 
I've seen how some churches operate, right? I'm sure we all have. I mean, uh, there are a lot of churches, mm -hmm. I, like I said, they talk a lot, but they don't really do much of anything. At the same time, I've actually been to churches who actually do work in the communities. So I would need to feel more confident that we could get back to what you're talking about. And if that were the case, then yeah, wipe it out. Let, yeah. let the church take care of it. Okay. And uh, I want to give you some hope. Um, my uh, brother-in-law is a Seventh-day Adventist minister. We've interviewed him on this program. And okay. one, of, one of the things that they do is they offer free completely free. You walk in, you don't have to pay a thing. They do have to get identification for you, but that's because of government mandates. And they will do anything that you want with your teeth, anything at all. They have a uh, amp for free, completely free. They can only do it right now um, about once to twice a year, but they um, open the door and they, they service thousands. Their church, okay. because of COVID, this was canceled, but they had uh, rented out the, um, the, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called. The, uh, the thing for the Pacers here in Indiana, they had rented out that building, the entire building and had planned on servicing over a hundred thousand people in one day. Nice. And so that was, one church. That's just the Seventh-day Adventists. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from somebody who does not practice Christianity. Those Christians, they know how to charity when you give them the power to do so. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the problem is they get punished by the government and people also think that they aren't going to be able to. I, I disagree with you. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that you will find that there are a lot of able-bodied Christians ready to do it. And when you take um, religion out of it, when the coronavirus was absolutely just tearing people's economies apart. My little town, I live in a little town in Indiana mm -hmm. and my little town had so much uh, donations to the a local food bank that they had to start giving every single thing. Like, you know how you usually go into a food bank and they, and they like give you, you got like 12 things you can get or whatever. Right. System. right. They just gave shit away <laughs> because they had so much of this stuff that they were pushing it out the door because people knew that people were in need and they gave. And that's in my little town. And that is not a religious organization. That is an absolute just regular. I've worked there. You know, <laughs> it's 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 just a regular uh, charity. So I believe that people would step up for that. Um, Chad, you want to take on the police? Uh, well, one one thing real quick. So episode sure. 40 is the episode that uh, Marcus's uh, Aaron Clark was on with us. Marcus's uh, brother-in-law. Okay. So that, that's if anybody if, if anybody's watching and they want to go check that episode out. Really good. Really good episode. Awesome, dude. Like like big heart, like just awesome. Aaron's dude. great. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a really good dude. So. Um, so, yeah, on the on the policing. So the only thing I would say about the the thing you were saying about privatizing the police. So one of the things that I, I always like to try to remind people of when this conversation comes up, even anarchists or fellow libertarians is that similar to like the border and the welfare state, the privatization of the prisons or privatization of the police does not really work if you don't first remove if you or if you don't at the same time um or if it doesn't come hand in hand with 
removing a lot of these laws, all of these laws that are, you know, that are policing people, over policing yeah. people and everything. Because yep. so, one of the things that you're going to have happen, very similar to so many of the other problems that we have, is that you'll kind of end up with this Twitter, Facebook sort of uh, prison and policing <laughs> system if you privatize it, but you keep all the laws on the books and and keep the prisons the way that they are and everything, you know, or if you just privatize the prisons, but you keep the police and the and everything else and it becomes like a fundraising arm for local municipalities. Because really that's what, that's what we have is we have like this weird sort of like <laughs> violent monopoly um, parading as a, as a, a peacekeeping force or a right. protection, but really they're like, they're worse than just if you had like competing private firms of, of, of like Mercenaries. not law enforcement, but it, what we would, what I would like to see more is like what we were talking about before, instead of this uh, law enforcement or punishment is this more of a restitution and a uh, investigation to your right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have to yeah. we have to get the cops to come and uh, no I'm just sure right um, but no so so that's that's my thing is it just it, you can't just privatize the police and then keep the laws that are made by these legislatures sure. that are that are that are also you th this is the thing that that really kind of like it, when once you start to unpack all of this you become more and more of an anarchist I have found because mm -hmm. as I started to dig into this stuff you realize that like the chamber of commerce is in bed with the local and state governments and parish county governments where we have parishes in Louisiana. So I say, parishes right, just, right. To, just to keep it real. Um, but so you have that kind of uh, cooperation, which is sinister in a lot of cases, because what you have is somebody who's, you know, some old money or somebody who's already established or whatever, they help to create legislation that prevents their competition from being able to compete as easily or they create licensing and all that stuff. Yeah, they're totally corrupt. I, yeah. 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 So you have, when you have all that stuff, but you have this monopoly on that stuff that you just give these corporations and these, these companies a way to basically create this, this fascist sort of government that we have now. And then if you just say, well, we're going to privatize the police, you're just asking for like some kind of Blackwater situation to be like, all right, so here's the deal. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Raytheon is going to be in charge of, you know, police now. It's like, whoa, 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 I think this is worse because now there's like tanks rolling down the fucking street. They're just running over your house and fucking bombing your kids and shit. It's it's not it's not going to be pretty. Cheney's um, got dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I, I try to be real careful around that, and I try to like help people to understand because I think that's a lot of what we're in the business of is trying to help open people's minds to where this thing has to go for us to really get the types of solutions that we need. And in the meantime, do everything that you can at the local level, like Sonny Johnson says, because it's you, uh, if you wait for DC to fucking help you, you're well, yeah, the wrong yeah, wait a minute. It's so here's, a question. here's a question. This is something I was thinking about uh, earlier today. Mm -hmm. Here's a hypothetical situation. Let, let's say we're in Anacapistan right now. Mm -hmm. Like, got everything that you want and you've got Ancapistan. Yep. And my understanding, I mean, in Ancapistan, you would have people forming their own communities and their own little hierarchy or governments or however that works out. Let's say somebody from one community, like say I'm living in your community, Chad, and somebody kidnaps a little girl and drives them across country or brings them to, to Nico's neighborhood or whatever, and he's kidnapped a girl. How would 
an anarchist society be able to solve a problem like that? Like, how would that? How would that? Well, if there's no government, if there's no government, there's always still a kind of task force. There's some kind of communal. Uh, in mine, I would say, speaking for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, in my area, there'd be a community that would most definitely uh, be like neighbors we're all neighbors so i mean you're gonna come up in here acting all kind of funny and weird and all that but the person we're gonna ask you where you came from and if you give us false i mean we're always going to do backup checks or background checks granted that's like kind of governmental but it's safety precautions you have to do some kind of checking of somebody's extent of history or now mm-hmm. not knowledge but some kind of uh Way to check out. Yeah, yeah. Some way to check them out. Vetting, yeah, vetting. Process. Yeah, and so I mean, we find out that you're dirty. We're going to take you back. We're not going to send you back. We don't trust you. We're going to take you back, and we're going to have the people that you decided to kidnap's daughter. We're going to have them deal with you, and then just call it a day. I mean, because at the end of the day, they have the best uh, intentions, I guess, for. How to dispense it? Because if you think about it, you're from that community. Yeah, yeah. We just take you back to that community where you decided to do that wrong, and they're just going to handle you. That's the best way to handle it, in my point of view. Uh, My question would be: How would you ascertain that the girl that he kidnapped was actually kidnapped, and how would you find out where he's from? You'd have to have people investigating it. So I assume this would be handled privately, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's no overarching government. And I understand that this can even happen under a government program. Like people can get away with it. It already is, my friend. Yeah, it already (laughs) happens. I'm not saying government is perfect here, but I I, I was wondering how that might be handled in that type of society. To build, to build, To build off what Nico was saying, um, he's right. You, you would, it, first of all, I want to go with my Walter Block and just absolutely point out the facts. We could not possibly do worse than the government does because they do atrocious at this. They are not good at protecting people. Ask Eliza. They, she will tell you all. Eliza Blue, yeah, who right. talks about you right. know, constant um, people being trafficked all over the place. So we cannot possibly do worse. So we'll start there. Yeah, that's and, always the argument. It's like, look at all the human trafficking. If we got rid of government, I'm like, what? They wouldn't like you're, be you're saying this is a this is a ranking endorsement <laughs> of government. Happen. The shit that's right. happening is a ranking right. endorsement of what's going on right now. Get no, human trafficking is an excellent example of why the government is inept. I, I, yeah, I don't right. disagree that's with true. that at all. Yeah. Right, and it, but in a in a organizational fashion, because what people get confused and and purposefully so because of um, the government's propaganda against anarchy. Um, Anarchy yeah. does not mean disorder. It does not mean chaos. Right. Um, you right. you know, Hayek very uh, easily in, in Road to Serfdom talks about how you have to have organization to have and to believe in freedom. You have to believe that you need personal control. You have to you know, monitor your own, own self. You have to have those sorts of things. So we would have to have a police force. We would have to have, now we might call it something different. We might call right. it a security force. It might be publicly funded, but, but voluntarily, those kinds of uh, ideas. But 
So first of all, your person that's coming to kidnap one, they're going to have to get through a heavily because if they're coming to my place and they're coming to the country that I live in, which is the country that I would live in, because I don't believe in countries above the county it's gonna level. Boogalicious, boy. Yeah, it's going to be boogalicious. There's going to be guns all over the goddamn place. One, you're going to have a hell of a time getting a girl from her parents because for one, everybody, the it's government. Yeah, the governmental functions are handled at the community level. And so, you know, my cop that's down the road, he knows the the, the guy that we hired as a, as our town cop, he he knows my daughter because he's part of my community. And, and unlike now where they get people in, he not only is he going to want to rescue my daughter, which the current police usually take a report, throw it directly into the trash can, and that's all that's done with it. Um, the, that not only would he have a vested interest, he would care. And want, number two, if he didn't bring my daughter back, if he was absolutely inept at doing his job and did not bring my daughter back, he would not be our cop next year because we would. Well, replace he wouldn't get him. paid. I mean, you you would I, even do something where yeah. you'd be like, all right, look, you get this much. I'll give you this much to, to, you know, to pay for your investigation and whatever else. But like, you're not getting the rest of this until she, until you bring her back safe. You know, right. and that's that's going to be the deal. So there's that. And number two, okay. now you have one. You're going to have a hell of a time. One, you're not going to, you're not going to come from Texas to Indiana in a anarchist world to do that. You're not going to do that. You can't because you're talking about thousands of communities that mm. are that are just like mine in between you and Texas, you and Indiana. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to get the funds to get here, one. You're going to have to get that through non-governmental fashion. That's not likely to happen. So let's say you do manage to get it. Let's say you're two towns over, because that's probably about the only distance you're going to be able to go. In, in an anarchist world, you're going to be challenged and you're going to be challenged. Why are you here? This is our community. We care about our community. Mm -hmm. Welcome to our community. Certainly come into our community, buy our shit. We want you to buy our shit, but who the hell are you? And have you read our rules that we've got posted on how you maintain yourself? <laughs> Sketch therapy said it's like robbing a liquor store in a constitutional carry state. You're going to die. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you're going to have a hell of a time. My little, yeah. You're going to have a hell of a time getting my little girl. And, uh, but if you do, if you get them, Every, my town is going to go, oh, hell no. Let's ruffle up some other bodies and we're going to head out to find well, this dude. Well, let's let's draw the contrast between what we currently have right now, right, Marcus, where you mm -hmm. have this. And I'll say the same thing with like the thing with like charity, you know, church charities and things like that versus, you know, the government through taxation and the welfare state um, and the pittance of that money that they actually get that is stolen from everyone. Um, in the same sense, like you have a sense of people expect that that stuff that's being stolen from them is going to take care of these things. There's an expectation that that shit's taken care of. The cops are going to, the cops are making it to where I shouldn't have to worry about that or whatever the case may be. You know, there are some of us in the world who don't trust that to be our, uh, our, our only uh, security. Like I have a friend who's like, I don't want to own a gun. I'll just call the cops. I'm like, um, all right. The, the, you know, you like my friend Adam Cookish says, yeah. yeah, like my friend Adam Cookish says, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Um, but, but 
that reliance on that as the answer is actually what has created a lot of what we have is this disconnection in our in our communities people don't spend as much time like cultivating just that community relationship that they used to back when government wasn't as invasive wasn't as pervasive um so outsourced yeah yes it's all everything so much exactly so much of it has so much of everything has been outsourced right so what marcus is describing is a true community a group of people who care about each other and who have chosen voluntarily to be together. Okay. So when you have that, someone comes into the neighborhood and they're looking sketchy. It's it. They don't just roll up to your house and nobody even notices because everybody's at work and the garage doors are up and they're, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not like that. This is, we're talking about a, a society number one, where, there's so many other things economically that are going to be different. We're going to be growing our own food. We're going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's so many, people so many other more cautious if there were, weren't the government around. Right. So exactly. And that's the other part of it. True. People right. would be more cautious if they didn't right. know that there wasn't this overarching government that you've outsourced well, your stuff to. You're yeah, going to, you're going to be caring. You're going to, you know, make sure your kids are safe. Think of a yeah. school, think of the school shootings that happen. Okay. And think of if, if schools were not gun free zones, and you had the ability to have people on site who it, you don't know, it doesn't matter how many, it could be two, two dudes, you know, armed and ready to rumble if anybody should happen to come and try to fuck with the kids on campus. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many people are going to roll up to the school strapped trying to shoot some people? Yeah, not, no, not many, you know, like you, yeah. people don't go try to rob the fucking police department. They know they could get fucking smoked. <laughs> you know, it's you got a bunch of armed dudes in there. Like it's not so so that's that's kind of where, where I come come from on this is that when you have a true community, and it's a lot harder. It's not to say that it won't that you won't have a scenario like what you described. You know, somebody might be really, really clever, really cunning, and really desperate, and they might be able to pull it off, but there's a there's a whole lot of like layers that they have to get through before, before you get there. Then once they even do, like Marcus said, you go from community, community, community. And on the way, you know, I would imagine that the adjacent communities, we're in contact with them. We know each other. We've, we've, we've run into each other a little bit. We might even have like some ham radios or some walkie talkies that we like, Hey man, I'm just saying, look, it's not old school, man. That's about to be fucking new school. Watch. Yeah. Um, you just dated yourself. Bro. As, this, as this, uh, as this, no, listen, man, as, as this, uh, whole like YouTube censorship stuff and everything starts to go down. Don't think I have not Googled right. some, uh, some ham radio installation shit, man. I'm about to, I'm about to go fucking dig that stuff up and go ask some of these, some of my friends' dads and stuff like that. Like, Hey, um, can you give me some, uh, give me the 30 minute, you know, quick tutorial on how to do this right. But, um, but no, so that, like that, that would be, uh, that would be my, my answer. I, and I want to just say like sketch has been dropping bombs in, mm-hmm. in the chat yeah. on, like, there's a lot of this stuff. That's very, people don't yeah, talk about this enough, but, but funding, funding a lot of this stuff through a lottery system is actually a really, really sound way of, um, of, of 
con conducting what is called the commons, you know, the, those things that like the roads and all the stuff that people are just like, well, yeah, but what if people use it and they don't want to pay for it or whatever? Well, if you set it up to where it's paid for via a sort of lottery, like people will pay in just like a raffle for the school. Like people, we're already doing all this stuff. People do fundraisers for people who are going through an illness or they're That's trying true. to do something for a school or they're trying to go on a trip. You do, well, no, not just GoFundMes, but also like people before GoFundMe and all that stuff, people were rifling off raffle, uh, right, rat, not rifling off raffles, raffling off rifles. Um, <laughs> or, you know, we, we did, we used to do one where we do like a, a trip to Disney world or a hundred thousand dollar raffle. Everybody, you know, it's a hundred dollars a ticket. And you just have to raise enough of them to where you have that many, you know, raise a thousand of them and you got a hundred thousand dollars. Well, now you just, whatever you can, however many of them you sell over a thousand tickets, that's the money you get to keep for the, for whatever your fundraising thing is. Cause the prize goes to the, the winner. So you just make it to where it's an attractive enough prize and people will pay into it. And then that way you're, you're kind of paying for the chance at winning, whatever that is. And like he was uh, like sketch was saying, like you want to have like a ledger, blockchain type, you know, it's a lot easier to make this stuff less corruptible now than it used to be. But, um, but that's a, that's a very effective way at, at, at raising money for this stuff. Instead of it just being a theft racket where a bunch of people who are connected to government get paid off of it. And then the rest of us are like, uh, why are there still fucking holes in the road? Like you took, you took like, you know, $6,000 out of my ass last year. And I, I still got to drive through potholes and replace my fucking rack and pinion steering. Jesus, come on. So yeah. at the at the end of the day, um, Jeff, where what it takes to be an anarch and the, the purpose of this of this uh, this indoctrination chamber isn't really to convert people. It's really not. Yes, it's, it to is. <laughs> it's to show you that we do actually have the answers. We do actually think about these kinds of things and right. these things can be possible. What it takes to be an anarch. And we specifically use the term anarch as opposed to anarchist. And the reason one is very simple. The word anarchist is used by a bunch of fucking retards who have, re have taken it and go throw Molotov cocktails and do all this dumb shit. So there's that. It differentiates, differentiates us from that. Number two, we don't practice anarchy. We don't. We live in a state. We do yeah. not practice anarchy. Mm -hmm. If you're a pianist, you practice playing the piano. If you're an anarchist, you practice anarchy. We do not. But the word anarch can be compared to um, a monarch, which means one ruler, or, right. a uh, or an oligarch, which is many rulers. And an uh, anarch means that you don't have any rulers. You rule yourself. So mm -hmm. the easiest question that I can ask you is, who is your master, Jeff? <laughs> well, to get religious here, it would be Jesus Christ, really. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. uh, but human wise, yeah, I, the government's not my master. Like, right. like they can force me to do some things or whatever. But I mean, that I'm not thinking about what the government's going to think about what I have to say or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. No, but he asked who is, not who isn't, who is, who is your master. Oh, well, that would be me. Right. Hey, my, my man. man. My man. 
Well, and, and I'll say this too. I mean, the reason I asked you that question, and I knew you guys were going to be able to give me good answers. I watched your show before, mm -hmm. but I mean, I see the need to differentiate yourselves because I have seen some people who claim to be mm -hmm. anarchists. And I know that they could have given me an answer to any of those questions, <laughs> and 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 or they could have given me an answer, but it would have been BS, and I would have been like, yeah, no, I can spin you in circles. I know, and I probably will do this at some mm -hmm. you know some point in other conversations, but I know I can come up with all kinds of situations to kind of to try to throw you off, and you're gonna have answers for them, whether I agree with them or not. You're gonna have mm -hmm. good, solid, valuable answers to those questions. So well, and, that's and, and the reason why I was excited about coming on here. Yeah, and even if we don't, I think I go back to like uh, Jeff Deist one time said, uh, and I, I'm going to bungle the quote, but I'll just paraphrase. Um, he said, you know, having having all the answers is like is hubris, like claiming to have all the answers. Like I don't, yeah. we have some answers. I have some, I can like try to ideate, like here's what I think might work. Like a lot of what we were just talking about was just like a theoretical, like I can imagine it might go this way, it might go that way, right. but I don't have the answer. Like I you're asking me to invent solutions to problems that haven't occurred yet that are, you know, we have to try to extract ourselves from this entangled but government mess that show. we're in and then do yeah, a hypothetical. I, I, I did a good job it's, at it. It's a big, it's a big hypothetical, but yeah. what, what Dice said is that, you know, hubris is for the planners and the hubris is in the is in the hands of the people who are running the shit. Now they think they do have all the answers. Mm. They think, that if we just give them enough power and give them enough money that they can solve these problems. And what we're saying is we don't, I don't have all the answers. Nico doesn't have all the answers. Marcus doesn't have all the answers. Jeff doesn't have all the answers, but together the whole group of us, if you look at how the world has evolved and how like humanity has created and invented, it's been all of these little, these little explosions of inventiveness that have created some of the coolest shit that we're able to do now. And we are stifling that by stealing from the inventive to give to the uninventive who think right. they have all the answers already. Right. And that's the problem. All right, Dagny. <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, I'm more, I, I, You're right. I, mean, I definitely, I definitely relate to Dagny, but I, I'm, I was always, I always love, like my favorite is the, the Reardon speech in court. That was, uh, that was my favorite at that. And the, uh, Francisca Danconia, um, speech about money. Of course. That was, uh, that's, that's just a gem, but yeah. yeah. I, I really need to finish that book. <laughs> yeah. I finished it. I would, as a, as a Christian man, I will tell you, ah, you don't need to finish that book. There's a whole John Galt rant about God and like people who have faith and everything. And it's like, really like, it's almost like, golly, have you ever like loved anyone or been loved by anyone? You seem like really, really hurt. Yeah, who <laughs> just, you? yeah exactly. Right. Show me on the doll where God touched you. I don't know. It's just, uh... <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, at the end of the day, um, Jeff, it is my belief that you are an anarch, that you do own yourself, that you are not any different than than us. Sure, you might be fighting, and, and I said something very similar to uh, Felicia a couple weeks ago. You may be fighting a different, you know, front in the war against tyranny, but you're an ally. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we we're all fighting together. And back, back like sin and crossbones. I don't know right. which one of us is which, 
but right and and i don't i don't know that that we're you know gonna agree on everything and i don't really give a shit mm -hmm. we're gonna agree that people should be free and right now there is no greater message that this whole planet needs to hear than we need to be free and so you're carrying that message. So I'm going to support your voice. So is there anywhere you'd like to plug? Is there anything that you would like to, to direct people to? I know that Chad's handled the notes and that we have a lot of that information down uh, below, but this is your chance. Plug away, man. Yeah. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jeff on the right. Um, you can read my work at, at redstate.com and libertynation.com mm -hmm. um, and check out my uh, YouTube show. It's called A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles. And I also have an audio podcast by the same name. It's not the same content. It's different content. Um, okay. But you can, you can get it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So, I mean, I do my live streams. Now I'm doing them every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard and Friday at the same time. But but again, my audio podcast is different from those. So if you want to get the full Jeff experience, you got to listen to all of them. <laughs> all right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I hope, I, I don't know if you got the message. I had asked you to look at the uh, the description to see if I left anything out. If I did. No, you did. Huh? You did. Yeah. You, you did fine. I did fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good, good, good. So you did look at them and, and they're all there. All right. Good. Yes. Everything that Jeff just said is down below, except maybe I think the, uh, I don't know. Is the iTunes one in there, or the, uh, well, maybe the, not, the audio? Actually. The audio one might not be in there. Send me that link, and I'll put it in the I'll put it in the description tonight after the show. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's this has been uh, this has been awesome, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna. We'll probably do this again uh, later on down the road because this was, yeah. this was a lot of fun, and I uh, I appreciate you you for um, like it, it seems like you you were actually thinking about like you know some. Uh, some questions to ask right. us. And I, I like that, you know, that you were thinking about it earlier today. Um, we're, uh, we're on the same team. Like, you know, it's like, like we said to Felicia and everything, like we're, whether it's arm in arm or back to back uh, fighting off the zombie apocalypse, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not the zombies that we're fighting against. We are, uh, we are allies in this uh, yes, regardless indeed. of, regardless of how purist we, we would, you know, be either conservative or anarchist or libertarian or anything like that. We, uh, we're allies. Sweet. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> Nico, right. you got anything? I appreciate you, uh, my fellow black man. And uh, yeah, man. Being uh, a part of this, uh, this long winded conversation about freedom and just having your own ideas. Like, goodness gracious. I appreciate just the another voice that even if we don't agree, like Marcus said, like if we don't agree on everything, I just appreciate for you for being another voice and being vocal about common fucking sense. Goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate mm -hmm. it the time. Yeah. Word, yeah. Man. And I appreciate what you guys do too. I mean, I see you guys out there. I I don't watch, I'm not able to watch your show as much as I would like to, but mm -hmm. every time I do, I'm, it's edifying. I'm like, damn, those good points. Like, I feel like I get something. <laughs> Thank you. From it, so. All right. Hey, awesome. Awesome. Likewise, man. Likewise. Can, can I put people on something real quick? I learned out how to uh, tell time without any uh, watches or nothing. You find mm -hmm. your north, you find north, right? Of the sun. So rise east plants west once you find north you have the basic clock in front of you i found out it was like 10 a.m this morning when it was the shadow and telling that the sun was at like 
before high noon. So basically find north and then you treat yourself like a sundial or a clock with your shadow. Boom. I just had a thought. We we have not put the spirally thing up there to let Jeff out of the oh. chamber. Oh. So here's the here's the question. Here's the existential the existential question of Aquarian anarchy and building this alliance. If we don't ever let him out, is he just guaranteed to be one of us <laughs> right, in the very near future? Yeah. And so the question is. Should we let him out? Uh, we'll we'll let him out. We're not fucking. No, you'd be violating nap if you yeah, don't let him out. That's right. right, so, right. <laughs> all right, he's out. You are released. I release you. Right uh, <laughs> I have brain control. All right, you might have mind control, but I have brain control. So there we go. Right. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for watching this, guys. Oh, and Jeff, sure. again, thank you for for coming. And I'm gonna try like hell to get you on my little circle this next time I do that because <laughs> he called me out because he wasn't he wasn't on my little circle when people. Oh, that's. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! That's I'm gonna like hell to get you uh, in the there. fucking chirpsy or whatever. What was it? Fucking. Right, I, don't I don't remember what that thing was, but <laughs> dude, everybody did it that day. Like, oh, yeah, he did it. And everything. Oh shit. That no, that was good. So, real quick before we take the banner away, I have to remind everybody to like if you haven't liked the episode already, to share the episode if you have not already. This was a great, great, great conversation. Share this with your friends so they can understand uh where we're all coming from on this and uh how you know you don't have to be <laughs> You don't have to be racist to still be a good right now. Oh shit. Anyway, no. Um also, don't forget, if you do subscribe, to hit the little bell for the notification so that when we go live, you get the notification like 30 minutes ahead of time and then right when we go live. And then also, go to the Patreon, become a patron, pay the $5 a month level, and get in our Anarch chat so you can join the Telegram and get all the fucking drops of when the ammo is on sale and everything like that that, that Tim and, uh, and Daryl are dropping in there. Um, and then also, get your merch. Get your merch. The Teespring store. All of these links are in the description below. We thank you for joining us. This has been episode 67 of Aquarian Anarchy. And with that, we say thank you, Jeff. Peace. What, Marcus? Stay free. That's right. <laughs>